Hello, welcome to Switched. So, what is this podcast about? Um, podcast is about just the general football world, what's relevant at the minute. Um, what we find interesting, just basically just discussing football. Yeah. yeah. So, the reason why it's called Switched is because in previous years, Liverpool has been quite good and Arsenal have been quite bad. Yeah. And it's like their team to switch around so you can see the, the reason behind their name. Yeah, it's been a tough season for me. It has been a tough season for Liverpool fans. Yeah. Why is that? Because we're really bad. Um, almost won everything last season. Came into this season with similar expectations. A couple of big signings. And then we've just been awful. Um, everyone keeps getting injured. Defence is awful. Big players dropping off. The signing is not really replacing the players that they've came in to replace. A combination of everything, and and then we just we sat in like eighth or something, and we just mm. can't really seem to win a game. Doesn't sound ideal. No, it's really not. Do you think because you were fighting all four fronts last season that has had a big effect this year? Yeah, I think it's impossible to play every single game possible and not be tired, even with a rest. It's ridiculous for anyone to do that, and especially for a team like Liverpool, who are known for their gig and press. Yeah high press intensity you can't do that for 60 games a season every season and be fine and it's all prominent in the injuries that we've had we've had loads everyone keeps getting injured um, and we always struggled with that anyway even last season so it's only mm-hmm. going to have worsened by playing that many games and the mental aspect of it I think because having played all those games and lost the two biggest competitions that's probably going to have an effect yeah it's not really ideal is it no not at all yeah for Arsenal it's been the opposite. Yeah. Last year, we didn't fight on any fronts, just the Europa League and Premier League. And due to injuries, we bottled both of them. Yeah, finished fifth. Finished fifth, yeah. Tottenham just mm-hmm. about beat Arsenal to it. But then it was right as Tierney and Party got injured. So yeah. instead of playing them two, we were playing El Nenny, who I still rate, but... I think Elneny's good. But he's just not that kind of player yeah, to take you to another level. He's just a good backup option. And Arsenal only bought him for about... Three million, I think. So, yeah. been alright. But yeah, Tierney losing him was quite bad, and that's why this season we've got Zinchenko. Who played instead when he got hmm? injured? Who played instead when he got injured? Oh, I can't even remember. <laughs> um, Cedric play. Yeah, oh, Nuno Tavares. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's right. actually doing really well this year. He's got the most goals in the French league at left back. I think ever in the French league. Probably. He's got like six, seven goals at left back. Remember the game against Liverpool. I gave the ball away and then shot up, went around the keeper in Ben White. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Yeah, that was rough. That was very rough. I did not enjoy that. I have flashbacks. I remember around the time I actually were like quite positive about Arsenal as well, beating you. I really? think it was then. Yeah, because Arsenal won good, a good run of form. Yeah. And then I remember in the first game, Shaka got a red card. Oh, for, in the cup. Doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Arsenal held on, didn't they? Yeah, I it think. Was nil, nil. And it was at Am- was it Anfield? I, I think, think, yeah, it was. It was at Anfield. So I remember being quite fast. In the second leg, we went to. The Emirates and one two nil. Shot was scored twice, I think. No. One of them was a long ball from Trent that was really good. Mm. So, I don't know. There's, there's there's times where Arsenal hurt me, but this year they've just come on leaps and bounds. The players they've signed have worked really well in the squad. Yeah. Like the biggest one I would say probably is Zinchenko, just because what he brings to that team. As Arteta said recently, what you know what Pep did with um, Lam at Bayern Munich. 
Yeah. That's essentially what Zinchenko is doing for Arsenal. He's just that important, the way he drops into midfield. I just connects everything. Even though I don't think Tierney's bad, it's just he's very different to Zinchenko. Yeah. I think Zinchenko fits a lot more. You can't have Tierney step into midfield. It's a weird one with Tierney, because now it's like he used to be one of my favourite players. I wanted him as club captain for like two years. Yeah. But he's just always injured. But like even, I don't know, even for Scotland, he came on, maybe because he didn't play many minutes the other day, but he got injured then. So. Yeah, injury prone, not like. I wouldn't be surprised if he was moved on, mainly just because I think he's probably not going to want to sit on the bench. Yeah, I, I, well, he's been linked to Newcastle. I think I think he's better than Matt Target. The thing is, though, I, I don't know if I'd want him gone because I don't know who else they could find better for thirty million. Yeah, I mean, you could bring Tavares back. To could, but I'd rather sell him and keep TNA, yeah. To be honest, oh, yeah, I'd do the same. Because like, it's probably someone you could buy. Thing is, it's weird because I remember a few years ago, Arsenal literally had no place to sell. Like we'd. Been yeah. off their contracts. That's what we're doing at the minute. It's a little yeah, like problem. There's yeah. no one to sell other than like Kelleher. Like you just can't make money off these players. Yeah. You can't. So it's weird that now Arsenal in a position where you can sell Balogun. Like he, he should be like a 50 million player with what yeah. he's doing in, in that league. Because look, he's outscoring. Well, he was outscoring Mbappe, weren't he? I think Mbappe's caught up now. He's got a couple of heads. I think Lacazette's caught up, but. I don't know. Lacazette's been weird, isn't it? Lacazette yeah. doing well again. I. He was good for it. Yeah, he was one of my favourite seasons at Arsenal. He was one of my favourite players at Arsenal. I love Lacazette. I used to call him Lacazette yeah. for the FIFA. But yeah, I, I used to love him back in the day. He was so good. And I then, thought he was alright. And I don't know, just last season he just had so many chances which he missed. Yeah. You can say the same for Bamyang too. Yeah, definitely. You can say the same for Jesus, just Jesus offers a lot more. Yeah, Jesus, he does miss chances but then he just, the, the stuff he does on the pitch is crazy. Yeah. I'm hoping that he starts in the next game even though Trossard has been amazing and he kind of has replicated what Jesus was doing yeah a lot better than Nketiah has not that Nketiah was bad he's just very just, different it's just yeah it's just like Tierney they're both good players it's just they're just different to what you not the system have. Yeah. Pro, type of profile that's it's like, like it's like when Firmino would get injured or something and Origi would have to come in it's like he's fine he's just very different do you miss Origi? do you think he would have helped you at points this season? no because I think we essentially just replaced Origi's profile with Nunes I think Nunes is a lot better than Origi. Obviously, he's not been as clutch as Origi was, but I don't think anyone's been as clutch as Origi was, no. to be fair, other than maybe Mane. But Nunes is... Oli going to Solskjaer. Yeah, yeah. Probably going to that far back. Yeah. Um, but I, I wouldn't say I... Like, I miss him in general, but I wouldn't want him back or anything. Mm. Um, but, yeah, sentimental-wise, same for Mane. Yeah, I, I do kind of miss him. Yeah, I mean, he's doing all right. Is he doing all right by Munich? I know he was to begin nah, with, then he got injured, didn't he? He, 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 was, he like started decent, and then he had like a really bad run, and then he got injured, and then the Bayern fans don't really rate him. But he, it's all, the, all the things they complain about, he's like, yeah, I could have told you that 18 months ago. He's not that quick anymore, doesn't really beat a man, can't trap a ball, first touch isn't great. He's good through the middle, I just don't think he's very good out wide, where he has to get too much of the ball. Well, isn't... I swear he's going to play as a striker for him. In the, fir- in the first few games, he played I think, striker, yeah, he did. He? And then Chupa Motting started playing really well. So then he got put out on the left again. I don't know how Chupa Motting has a career at Bayern, but Fez. Um, he, he's done pretty well, hasn't he? He's got, like, Stoke. he's got like 10 goals this season. Went to PSG as well. Champions League goals. He's scored a few in the Champions League now. I remember, yeah. uh, did he score in the final a couple of years ago? Four. No, I don't or was it in the semis? I think it was in the semis. semis yeah. And then in the final, he played really well. What, for PSG? Yeah. yeah. Coleman, when they, when they I think Coleman came out and scored. Bayern, Coleman scored, scored, yeah, yeah. yeah. Scored one, made one nil. Yeah, but yeah, what a player! What a player! I think it's decent, but um, 
on the thing of, of Arsenal and the I think finding the same profile of Zinchenko I think is more or less impossible yeah because if you look at the kind of players we were linked to before Zinchenko it was Martinez for Man United yeah who was the number one pick and then the other one was Sergio Gomez who's very very different to those yeah. those two players who's now at Man City and he hasn't really impressed that really much played. he's been okay when he's played I think but he hasn't really played much. okay but I don't know I think the only player that you could say is maybe similar to Zinchenko in terms of stepping into midfield from fullback is probably Cancelo. Yeah. And Trent, but to a lesser degree, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think you're going to be able to get Cancelo. I don't think there's any point in getting Cancelo. That's why I, I just prefer keeping Tierney. Like, yeah. I don't see the point of getting rid of a player who, who will just... He will make our squad better. Yeah. And it gives you something a bit different as well. Yeah, I just think maybe it's a thing of if he wants to leave. Because yeah. he, he knows he's not going to play ahead of Zinchenko. I know he'll, he'll, he'll get respect. Like they'll respect his decision as well. Like they'll, they'll get rid of him yeah. if he really wants to go. I should think so. Because he was good for a few years. He, was, he did his job. And I think he deserves it if he wants to go. Yeah. Especially for his age of, what, 25? I'm wondering. It's like, he might be 26, 27 now. Really? I think so. I think they bought him at like 22, 23. Yeah. I, I, think, I feel like he had a good few years at Celtic before he joined Arsenal. And then that first season, he was injured quite a bit. But every time he played, he played well. I he was really good when he played, yeah. I think like, the, the biggest memory I have with Tierney is when it was snowing. And he cut in and scored an absolute yeah. banger against West Brom, I think. I remember getting a couple of assists in the Europa League game as well in his first season. I thought he yeah. was really good. He used to just remind me a lot of Robertson. Yeah, yeah. He's basically a B-Tech Robertson. I think maybe just his injury is too much. Yeah, but then you look at like his speed and stuff it hasn't affected it at all because recent Bangkok. stats came out yeah, that he's been the quickest left back in the league or full back, I think. Yeah. He reminds me similarly of Joe Gomez or a lot of injuries. And it's like, he doesn't look slow. It's just something else. Yeah. It's like, why is he not I, as good as he was? I just feel like the sign of Zinchenko has highlighted more issues than what people actually thought there was before. Yeah, maybe just because... Because we didn't have a, we didn't have a left back as good as Zinchenko. Yeah. I'm amazed at how good Zinchenko actually is and how he gets downgraded on FIFA like every year. Yeah. He literally... He just didn't play much City, innit? Sometimes he would, but... It's even like the last game of the season. I remember they played Aston Villa. Man City were losing 1-0. 2-0. Or 2-0, yeah. yeah and then Zinchenko came on, got assists and changed the game. Yeah. And when you speak to Man City fans, they all love Sinchenko. But yeah, they didn't really get why he was sold. But yeah, all well, of them quite annoyed, especially seeing as this old Cancelo. Well, he's going to be back in here. Hasn't yeah. really got on well by Munich. I, yeah. just, I just don't know whether they'll, they'll keep him or not. Do you think it's like an attitude problem? Yeah, apparently it was, because apparently they fell out and stuff. And he was like, yeah, just get rid of him. And he fell out with Nagelsmann as well. Yeah, I think. Well, but then apparently, apparently like 12 players did. I found that really weird. I thought Nagelsmann was a really good coach. Yeah, he was at one point he was the best young man in the world, weren't he? Yeah, he's still only like thirty five. Nah, surely not. He's thirty five. Really? Yeah, he's thirty five. He started when he was like mid twenties. He was like a bronze on FIFA. And now he's yeah, he's only thirty five. He's like the same age like some of the bio, it's like Neuer's age. Might even be younger than Neuer. I think he, yeah, it could be then. Neuer's like thirty nine, isn't it? He's like thirty six, thirty seven, I think. Jesus Christ. So I found it weird. I thought he was really good. I really liked the way he played. Um Obviously, he's, he's second in the Bundesliga. He's also won eight out of eight UCL games. I just thought it was a harsh second. It was harsh, and they're competing in the German... What's, what's the other leagues they have in Germany? Like, the other competitions. The DFB Pokal. I think they're in all of them. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're in the semi-final. And they're in everything. Four. They're only one point off in the league as well. 
one eight out of eight UCL I mean, games. You never know, stuff may have gone on behind the scenes. Yeah, oh yeah, there was I the stuff was with his girlfriend, weren't it? She oh, was yeah, leaking yeah, information yeah, yeah. about the team. She worked for one of the newspapers in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you never know, that could actually just be the reason. I why. think it probably was more off the field stuff because there's no reason to sack him based on his performance on the pitch, really. Yeah, because he was doing well. Yeah. But then if you look at Bayern Munich and how well they've done in the league for the past few years, you would say that of all the seasons, this season's probably been their worst in terms of in terms of the, league, the actual yeah. German league, they haven't been as good as what they have other years. Yeah, because they are one point off first. So they, normally they were just winning. And with clubs like those, like them, Real Madrid, you have to yeah. always do well. Like Ancelotti apparently might get the sack at the end of the year. Yeah. I think a big thing as well is that like Tuchel's available. They probably think like if we don't get him now, someone else will. It makes sense, don't it? But then apparently there's rumours that he might play at 8-1-1 next year. What? An 8-1-1 how does formation. That even, how does that even work? I don't know, but it doesn't surprise me because he was buying a lot of defenders at Chelsea. Yeah, he got a lot out of them as well. The wing-backs were their best players when he was So then it makes you wonder if he actually brings it in, will it go well? I don't think it will. I think it's a bit too... It's a bit too... You can't play with that many defenders in the Bundesliga. What's the point? Because they're better than every team, so you would just think like... And it's mainly a counter-attacking league. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe he'll just sit on the counter. Yeah, I guess it depends who he plays because like Nagelsmann used Komen as a wing-back. So that's quite an attacking thing. This is the part where we'll end up being like the new best tactic, won't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but how these days we have, what is it, it's like a 4 3 3, and then yeah. one, of the, one of the fullbacks will tuck into midfield. Yeah. And then it just helps you push higher up. Yeah, see, yeah. And I think City, Liverpool, Arsenal all use like an inverted wing back. It's just the new, it's not like the modern day thing. Oh, and Deserbi at Brighton, I think he, he's using it. Yeah. He's very, very good. I highly rate him. I think he might go to the top club. I wouldn't be surprised if Spurs try to get him. He is better than Potter. What he's done there. And like when, when you look yeah. at the other clubs he's worked at, he's, he's done well there too. Because he did it quicker than Potter did. Potter took a couple of years. Deserve he did it immediately. Plus, you, I remember like when Potter was at Brighton, they'd always have the issue of scoring goals. Yeah. But since Potter's left, they haven't conceded anymore, but they scored more. Yeah. I, part of that might be down to the fact that Evan Ferguson's broke through. Potter didn't have him really. Oh, he's I think he's really, really good. I think the one team that should try and buy him is United or yeah. Spurs. United, yeah, I think he's about as perfect a Harry Kane long-term replacement as you can get. United, I don't know, because I felt like they needed a striker to come in and play now. I think that's probably a lot to ask of an 18-year-old. Unless they bought Kane and him, someone like that. Someone who's like can play now and then someone that could have successed I mean, him. For United fans, they probably like that. Yeah. That type of vision with new owners potentially coming in. Yeah. But then all these owners are hearing about the debt that's getting piled on, even more debt than what it was before. Mm. I think it was like 460 and now it's like 540. Yeah. I think. I'm not too sure. Well, they're yeah. getting bids from Qatar, aren't they? So. I guess they wouldn't mind. But if they can get money like that, then it's not It is a worry. What if Man United actually get bought by a very rich, rich person who's willing yeah. to spend money? Because people will always want to come to United. And they can spend a lot of money with financial fair play because yeah. of the amount they bring in. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the league could be in trouble. But in a way, I look at other teams that are spending loads of money. Like, the league is getting more competitive every single year. Mm-hmm. Like, Liverpool do spend more money than what they used to. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, like Nunes and the odd sign. Like, you wouldn't have done that years ago. Well, I don't know, to be honest, because I feel like we, had, we only spent, like... Obviously, we've always had the thing of selling to buy. We only had, like, a 10 million net spend this summer. Mm. Like, we had to sell... Williams, Minamino and Mane that basically paid for Nunes itself and then we bought Carvalho and Ramsey on top of that which took it to a higher net spend I think before I think actually before we spent a bit more 
Like when we bought Cater and Fabinho just like without selling anyone. Yeah. That yeah. was the only time I've ever seen us buy someone like just with the owner's own money. Mm-hmm. Other than that, before it's to sell people to buy them, like selling Coutinho to buy Van Dijk and Alisson. And then I think I funded Shakiri as well. That was about it. Everyone else, we've just, we've done that. But those two, we seem to buy like just off of the owner's own backs, which I think they kind of have to do this summer. They have to, I was, I don't know, but then there's also rumours about selling, isn't there? Yeah, there was a bid from Qatar apparently, but they rejected it. So I think they actually just want minority investments. Oh yeah, I saw that. They want investors coming, don't they? Yeah. And just help, help with money. Which I just don't really know why anyone would want to do it. I don't really see what's going to happen. Um, they want to keep majority shareholder of the club so that they still reap the rewards, but then have somebody else invest their own money into it, as well as the uh, revenue that comes in that we can put back into the club. Mm-hmm. Then I think maybe we could be a bit more competitive with the rest of the league at the minute. We just don't have the money for it. I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal would have tried doing that a couple of years ago. Yeah. Because I remember, even myself, I went to the protests when they were going on. Really? Yeah. <laughs> there was a helicopter going above us and all sorts, and mm. it was enjoyable, but... Yeah, I don't know. I remember that. Remember how rough it was having like bad owners, but they'd only just acquired the club. I think for two years, so yeah. they were trying to like implement their mark slowly. And you do see signs like Pepe. Yeah. What was it? Seventy two million 72, they spent yeah. on him. So they were trying to show ambition, but they were just spending it in the wrong areas. I think recently it's been, it's been good. But recently they've spent money in the wrong places. I think the little things like doing up the stadium and yeah. if you speak to people around Arsenal or people that work with them, they'll all tell you that everything that's going on around the grounds, like the, the facilities and pitches and everything's just looking a lot better. All the equipment's a lot to a higher standard, better technology. Yeah. And they say that's down to like the owners, but also Arteta. Arteta apparently is like 95% of like everything that goes on at that club. I think you have to. Yeah, he's proven that it was worth giving him money and investment and stuff. He is like the modern day Arsene Wenger for Arsenal. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's just... <laughs> If he can achieve what he did, then yeah. I genuinely believe that Arteta can go, like, be very, very good. Yeah, I think he already is. He just has to win a few more things to really solidify it. And he might win a Prem this season, so. If they win the Prem this season, I'll probably cry. Yeah. Because I've never seen it. I was, like, four the last time they won the league, or three. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably go into London, maybe. I'd definitely go to the bus parade. Yeah. We didn't have one of those when we won the league. Yeah, it was COVID. COVID. Which yeah. was, yeah, that, nothing. That, when we won the Champions League and the Premier League, it felt really not quite the same because when we got to the Champions League final, obviously we beat Barcelona to do it. But then when we got Spurs, there was no part of me that thought we were going to lose. I was so confident we were going to win. So when we got to the final, when, when, sorry, when Spurs got through, I was like, yeah, okay, we've won. Foregone conclusion. And then when we won the Prem, obviously it was during COVID, there was no fans. We didn't even win a game to win it. It was just City losing to Chelsea. Mm. So it was really anticlimactic because we had the league won by December. So by December, it was like, okay, we're just going to win the league. So it wasn't... Like last season, it was different because it went to the last day of the season. Villa went 2-0 up. It really felt like you know, this, that would be like... Because I, I wasn't expecting to win the league. Yeah. That would have been a lot different. Where, but then the year we won it, it was just a bit... It was cool, obviously. Never was I won the league before, but it wasn't the same as it would have been, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because you just have more fans around you celebrating and yeah. yeah, I was just sat in my bedroom, like, yeah, won the league, cool. That was weird, about it. Yeah. Weird time. And I know that I just knew we were going to win the league for months, so it wasn't like a, a moment sort of thing. It was like a... I think it was when Salah scored the goal against United from Alisson's kick. 
mm. made it two now. I was like, yeah, okay, that's probably the win. That's probably the league done. It's crazy. I can't. Hopefully, hopefully that happens for Arsenal. I want it so badly. I just want to be able to to shut my friends up. Yeah. <laughs> because they're so loud about it, and the entire season, all I've heard is, oh, when Arsenal do this, they're gonna fall. And, and then when that doesn't happen, they'll be the next thing. I think the very first thing was, oh, they'll get through the first couple of weeks. But what happens when a player gets injured and then Jesus got injured and it's like, oh, what are they going to do when they come back from the World Cup? They're still doing well. Yeah. And you have people like Gary Neville who have a big voice on big platforms who just doesn't give much credit to Arsenal, I don't think. No. But at least Jamie Carragher does, who's his counterpart. It's nice. a biased thing though, isn't it? It is a biased thing. I, I, that's why I, like, I don't really like Sky Sports anymore just because you don't really have good opinions on that. It's too biased. But I'd rather watch like podcasts of people, like football fans who know their club inside and out. Yeah, because I think people on Sky Sports, as much as they're the professionals who've you know, played it, I, I don't think they're... I think it may be a bit out of date. With so that, a bit out of touch, even more so with a lot of their opinions. A lot of it is based on when they played football, which was 15, 20 years ago. It's not the same. I'd say Roy Keane's a big person of that. Yeah. Like, uh, the amount of times I watch him after United games and they play well for a few games, they'd be like, ah, this is the United we've been looking for yeah. and all, all this stuff. And then they lose one game and he's like, oh, they're absolutely awful. And he probably bashes into him. It's like, I trust the process, a quote yeah, yeah. that a lot of Arsenal fans have yeah. heard, but it is genuinely a thing you have to do. Like, look at look how well Ten Hag has done. Yes, he had a billion pound squad and spent 200 and, what was it, 219 million? Something like that, yeah, I was going to say 220, yeah. 220, something. Either way, he spent a lot of money. Yeah. So, it's, I wouldn't say he's working miracles. He's doing a very good job, but I wouldn't I say... Think, I think he's doing about the job that he should be doing with the investment he had. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's done anything special. And he got all the players he wanted. And even like some of his players aren't even working out. Anthony. That was a ridiculous amount of money to spend, I think. I just don't think... I, I don't know why he got him. I understand getting the profile of player. I think they needed a, a natural right winger. But then they spent, you know, the year before, they spent £73 million on Sancho, thinking that he would be that. Then he comes and isn't a right winger, which you could have seen was just enough scouting. So they went and bought another one and it's like, okay, well, right profile. I don't think it's the right player. Not for that money anyway. Mm. Sancho's more of like between the lines, like number 10, yeah, really. Yeah, 10, drifting left sort of thing. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with Sancho. He's good. He's a good player to bring off the bench, but a lot of money. I think it's too much money to be sat on the bench, really. Do you think he'll leave at some point? I, mean, I don't think he will. I think he'll just kind of... He'll just be around, yeah. I just don't think he'll become... Yeah, not what he, everyone thought he would be. Not what everyone thought spending £73 million on would be. It's weird as well, because at the time, like, he looked perfect for what United needed. Yeah, he did. He was playing off the right a lot for Dortmund. He was putting up 30-plus goals and assists for three-plus seasons. And he just came and didn't look even remotely similar. Yeah. I don't think I've seen him beat a man his entire time at United. He doesn't look fast. He's nice on the ball, but that's nothing special, really. But I still think he could be good. He has enough talent. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. So, um, what do you think about everything that's gone on with Conte? I think it was very obvious that he probably just wanted to lose his job. When you yeah. say things like that, it's like, yeah, he doesn't really care anymore. I, I understand him. Mm. Owners are terrible, they never really buy. Spurs are constantly underperform. So, it was right when he was like, yeah, Spurs haven't won anything under this owner because he doesn't, 
you know, they, they've been in positions before where it's like, yeah, they could really kick on now. Like when they had a young Kane and Ali and Son and Eriksson. Their golden generation. Yeah. And they were just missing a few players and they just never bought them. Yeah. And then... Pochettino didn't, didn't, didn't get a player for like, what was it, two, two years? I think it was like four yeah. transfer windows. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually insane. Yeah, in, in a time when he was finishing second and making Champions League finals. And he, and he never really had the right backing. And there were, there were always a couple of players away from really challenging. And when they finished second behind Chelsea or whatever it was, and third the year before, or second even with third, Leicester on it. Because yeah. yeah. Arsenal oh, got yeah. ahead of them in the two-horse yeah. race. It was just yeah, those two. And then they managed to finish third there and then second. And then they made the Champions League final and finished top four. And then they sacked Poch. And I'd, you know, they've barely finished top four since. They got one finish in the top four under Conte. Other than that, they couldn't do it under Mourinho or Conte or Podge. Do you think that if Arsenal weren't doing so well this season, Spurs' season would be as highlighted as much as it is? So bear in mind that they are in the top four. Yeah. The football hasn't been good, but it hasn't been good good the entire time, I don't think. Yeah, maybe lots, maybe lots briefly last year when Kudovesky yeah. came in, they were playing yeah, some good yeah. counter-attack in football. But I think for the most part, it's been diabolical. It's been pretty bad since Podge left. Because yeah. they had Mourinho, Nuno and Conte all backward-thinking managers. And obviously Spurs are known for attractive football. Yeah, that's what they were good Even for. though they won. They didn't win trophies, but they played good football. Yeah. Um, I think probably, yeah, because Spurs and Arsenal for a long time have been around the same fourth, fifth sort of thing. Um, mm. But Arsenal massively kicked on. It's like when your biggest rivals are possibly going to win the league and you're floundering in fourth and not playing very well. That's probably going to be annoy you. It's the same thing when United are doing well for Liverpool. Mm. I feel the same. I mean, it's like, yeah, why are we doing so much worse than them? We should so be you doing think better. it does highlight it more? Just makes you think more about yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Because they're what you're going to compare them to the most because they are their closest and biggest rivals. And when you look at them, it's the same as well for, to a lesser extent, to something like, you know, like Manchester City and Manchester United. I think that was highlighted for a long time because it was like City, who for a long time weren't as high as United in the regard. They've been doing so well for 10 years, United haven't whatsoever. And I think that does help highlight it, and it's the same for them, too, because you're expecting them to be up there with them. Yeah. Maybe not as much as Spurs and Arsenal, because historically Arsenal have always been better than Spurs anyway, yeah. other than the last few years. But in general, they have been. But I definitely do think it helps. Okay. Well, going back to what you said earlier about Conte with comments of backing and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a fair assumption, really, when it comes to Conte, because he actually got backed yeah unlike Pochettino fair enough with Pochettino I understand if he said it but I think Conte just blamed the board blamed the players took no he didn't take any what's the word responsibility yeah responsibility didn't take any responsibility for what he did there I do think that maybe a lot of the players didn't seem like they were his signing though like Jed Spence for 20 million didn't give him a minute and they already had three other players in his position now four well Doherty's gone to be fair but I do feel for Jed Spence because he had a very good season before. Yeah. And then he's gone to, what was it, Rams? Did he go to Rams or was it? Uh, Stade Rene? Yeah. Yeah. So he's gone there and apparently he's doing really well there now. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, although, although the board didn't necessarily do his signings, but although Perisic was a signing. Yeah, Perisic was his, but I think maybe was Basuma. And I also, I also do think Conte's issue is that he couldn't find a, a plan B. Like I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll compare him to Arsenal here. Arsenal literally never get their first team targets like they never ever get their plan A no I think with, with Jesus he wasn't even our plan A it was Vlahovic yeah with our wingers we wanted Rafinha at one point 
yeah. didn't get him. And then we tried to get Mudrick, couldn't get him, so we got Trossard. Pedro Neto as well. Look how good he is, yeah, Pedro Neto. You just look at, we, have, we always have a lot of options after. We don't just focus on our, our main player. And you look at Spurs, and you talk to a lot of the fans, and they say they wish they got back Bastoni, yeah, but they spent a long time trying to get him. I think he rejected him like two or three times before they eventually were like, okay, we're not going to get him. And why, why didn't they, after that first time, get rejected, or maybe second? Same for Kim Min-Jay as well. And they yeah. ended up with Longley on loan. Yeah. So you, you look at stuff like that and you think, you should have, I don't know, they should have just tried going for more, more players. I think you can level that at a few clubs as well, to be fair. You could say that for United when they went and spent a year trying to get Sancho. Didn't get him, didn't get anyone except for Ahmad Diallo, who didn't play any minutes. And look how it affected them. Yeah. They just didn't do well. Liverpool do that more than anyone, I think. Yeah. I, I'd say the biggest, the biggest one I'd say for Liverpool was Wijnaldum. When you didn't replace him... I think that was the one player which I looked at as out on the outside view, looking in. I thought, oh, you really need a player like that, good box to box. I think it started. It started when we let Lovren go, which was the right thing to do. He wasn't up to standard, but we didn't replace him because we wanted Canate. And obviously, Canate has been worth the wait, but it wasn't worth throwing a season away for. We didn't replace him. We went into the season with three centre backs, knowing the two of them are injury prone. Mm. In. Matip and Gomez and then Van Dijk got the freak injury and we're like okay we don't have centre backs now so then we go in January don't sign anyone except for Kabak on loan on you know, the last day of the season really of the window rather and we have to wait until the summer to get Canate and it's like okay well when you didn't Canate in the summer there has to be a contingency yeah. and then it happened again when we went for Schurmany didn't get him ended up with Arthur Mello on loan I don't know how that's even remotely similar um, yeah, <laughs> let Wayne Alden go who played 38 games that season featured in every single Premier League game um, admittedly, I think it was the right thing to let him go because he clearly was declining. But you have to replace him with someone similar, not Harvey Elliott. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Different a position. Project player as yeah. well. Someone who, one of them who basically exclusively played on the left side of a midfield three and replace him with someone who had just been an entire season at right wing in the championship. How is that even remotely similar? And then you have, it leaves you with the only players that can play in one out of the position being Thiago and Keita, who are both constantly injured. And then it cost us a Premier League because. There was games where Curtis Jones was playing there or Elliot or Henderson or Milner because he wasn't replaced and then we ended up finishing a point behind them because mm. we dropped games like 3 all against Brentford where Jones is playing in midfield and he's just not. He's just What's not a defensive I remember when he first came through he was quite highly rated. Yeah. It's good to go Everton. Courses. It's called a really good goal. I can't yeah, remember what it was. Yeah, but Everton in the cup where he curled it in from outside the box and they had a couple of really good games against Spurs and stuff and then he just he just never really improved. He's the same player he was when he broke through. Sometimes he even looks worse. Yeah, I was say he just look. He doesn't look. I think he has exciting. like natural quality. Like you can tell that he's like a good footballer, but I just don't think that he's ever. And maybe it's the coach. And I don't think Klopp's really done him any favors. To be fair, mm. um, but he played on the wing in the academy. I think it's another example of a winger being shoehorned into midfield because we haven't bought anyone. Mm. Um, he looks like he does well on the ball and doesn't release it. Like, he just doesn't seem like he makes the right decisions, but he has a natural ability. So I think if he was coached properly, he would probably be a pretty good player. But I just don't think he's ever going to be that at Liverpool. Maybe he should move on and be somewhere that he's going to play every week. What kind of club can you see him going to? If Stephen goes to like an Everton? If Stephen... Mm, no, no, just because he's a Liverpool thingy. But that, the calibre of club, yeah. I don't know. You got rid of Solanke to Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, but like... Liverpool Everton is obviously a massive rivalry in it, so I don't think he. But if if Gerald was still at Villa, I would have said Villa. 
Mm-hmm. But someone like a caliber of club, a lower to mid table Premier League club, I wouldn't be surprised if like a well, Fulham are doing pretty well this season. I don't Maybe Burnley next year when they get promoted. Yeah. Maybe that. I think he could probably fit that. He could probably be on the left of companies four four two if he wanted to do that. Um, do you think else? company will end up going to Man City if he carries on? If how he he's carries doing on now. his current trajectory, I don't see why not. He's doing very well. When he was first at Anderlecht, he didn't do too great there. No, I didn't do well at all. But then obviously he's come over to England, come to Burnley, and he's revolutionised tactics and championship. I don't yeah. think the championship has ever seen football as good as what they're seeing now. Yeah, probably not. That's um, extremely good. You could have said the same. I think when Gerard went invincible with Rangers and went deep in the Europa, Europa League, you would have, and, then, and then when he had a good start at Aston Villa, you'd have probably said, yeah, he'll probably end up being <coughs> Liverpool manager, but then I don't think anyone's going to say that anymore after what happened at Villa. So I think you'd have to give company more time before you decided, but currently, yeah, honestly, why not? And company hasn't really been backed either. He's just had the odd loan signings, I yeah. think, at Burnley. He hasn't he had has had, you know, He's had a few signings from, like, you know, from Premier League clubs, but I think a lot of them, yeah, were on loan, like Ian Matson and Michael Obafemi and people like that. Mm-hmm. So I think the calibre of squad is probably higher than your average championship squad, but still, they are performing to that level. Are. Yeah, so fact. it is, yeah. I think he is doing a really good job and they're going to win the league, so mm. it's completely different to what we used to do from Burnley anyway. Yeah, we're used to Deitch football. Yeah, a long ball. Fun fact, since Deitch has come back into the Premier League Everton, they've had the highest long balls, the best aerial duels. <laughs> I think the squad is really just an upgraded version of his Burnley squad. He's got Calvert-Lewin up front instead of yeah, Wood and Barnes. Yeah, he's still injured, but yeah, I think he's he played plays. like one or two games for Everton and that's it. He has Amadou Onana in replacement of like Jack Cork and stuff. I like just, Onana. I think he's really good. I think he's definitely their best player. Yeah, I'd say that too. It just, he reminds me a lot of like Yaya Torin, how explosive yeah. and powerful he is. If he added some goals to his game, yeah, I think he definitely would be. He's just so good. But in terms of how like he can basically just run over a midfield himself, yeah, I'd say so. Okay, so the international break has just gone by. Who was your favourite team to watch if you did watch it? Because personally, I I don't like the international break. I can't stand the international break. I watched maybe the second half of one England game where, or something, I saw some goals, I saw like Zaka's goal, but I just, I can't stand. The only international football that I'm really interested in is the tournaments. Same. The Euros, the the World Cup. I'd I'd even watch some AFCON and the, uh, the South American one. Okay, that's called. The AFCON was entertaining. Interesting. Last yeah, yeah, year. it was really entertaining. It was hilarious, honestly. It was. Uh, the refereeing was so yeah, bad. Call, it was call good. Game, calling the games five minutes early. So, yeah, fair enough, mate. That's hilarious. And obviously, Mane and Salah were in the final, so I, got, I paid some attention to it. That was um, a good final, that. Yeah, Mane scored the winning penalty, so that was, that was, it was good for him. Hasn't Mane had. Got it over Salah like twice now. I suppose that was another thing where. Yeah, they played in a World Cup qualifier a few months later. Yeah. And Mane scored the winning penalty. So I think Salah missed his penalty as well. So um, he's beat him twice recently. But to be fair, I think Senegal's team was a lot better than Egypt. Mm. Egypt probably didn't have any business being in the final anyway. It was like Salah, El Nini, and Hagazi, and that's about it. Mm. Um, nobody else is really up to standard. Um, but yeah. I think, yeah, Mane has had it over him a couple of times. Oh. And what that was. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, international break's not, it's not my thing. don't think it ever would be my thing. I'm just not that interested in it outside of major tournaments. Yeah. Well, speaking of like the Euros, because that's obviously what the qualifying's for. Yeah. 
Do you think England have a good enough squad? I personally think their squad is very, very good. Yeah. I just think, although in, in the World Cup, I actually think Southgate finally experimented with his football. We weren't sitting I deep think, at the I time. we played well in the World Cup. We actually attacked a bit more, so yeah. I didn't mind it too much. I think we were honestly better than France at the World Cup. I think we should have won that yeah. game. Yeah, I think yeah. we were, outside of maybe Argentina, I thought we were the best team at the World Cup. So that was mm-hmm. the first time where I was like, yeah, Southgate, fair enough. So he's completely different to what we're used to. I think we completely underperformed by not winning the Euros. Yeah. Especially being at Wembley most of the games, except for one. Do you think the media give too much attention to Southgate's, quote, achievements? Yes. Even though he hasn't actually achieved anything? I, I, I think he's done really well in bringing the squad together. Yeah. And like, like, you know, before Southgate, I remember, obviously I was younger, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't really care for England, to be honest. I had no expectations. I just hoped, you know, maybe Sturridge would score a goal or something, whoever else was playing from Liverpool. He's given England hope. Definitely. I think that the nation's a lot more, like, into it. I think there's, like, a, a much more coherent squad. So I'll give him credit for that. But in terms of the actual football achievements, nothing. He's made a World Cup semi-final, which we played against a Croatian team, which was very beatable, and we didn't. Should've World won. Cup route was very, very easy for us, if you look at it. And yeah, the yeah. Euro route was also pretty easy for us. And yeah. we should have beat, beaten Italy. Yeah, we should have beaten Italy. Took the lead early and sat back. There was no reason for us to do that. We had a better squad player for player than Italy in pretty much every position bar a couple. There was no reason for us not to win it. It was at Wembley. And then the World Cup is you know the first time where I would give him some credit in that I think we were one of the better teams there, probably the top yeah. two teams. But he still didn't win. And maybe you can put that down to like, you know... Substitutions, I remember as well. Rashford yeah. didn't come on till the last like four or five minutes. Yeah, which is, you know, when you look and at how good Rashford's been now, sounds outrageous. Even, even around that time though, he was doing bits and Yeah, he had, a, he had a good form going up to it and he scored a couple of goals in the World Cup. He looked really good. I think he got three. Three, I think three. he scored, yeah, twice in his first game off the bench. Then he scored the free kick. So you think that maybe, maybe Southgate... I also think that's another issue as well. He don't give chances to players who deserve it. Yeah. But like, although Maguire's been amazing... Whereas like players like Tamori, who and Lewis Dunk, yeah, Lewis Dunk's been amazing for how many years now and hasn't even got a sniff. Yeah, uh, you can and then Ivan Tony as well. Tony got his cap recently, but still, but it took too long. Should have been at the World Cup. So Kane, I don't think Kane played that well during the World Cup. I don't know. Yeah, he just scores penalties for me. That's all he scores. Yeah. And then missed the big one. So, yeah. um, but I think the one for me is when you look at your squads his treatment of certain players I would you know the centre, onto the centre half thing you see players like Eric Dyer and Connor Cody in there Eric Dyer's the worst one I'd yeah. say that is, that is painful and the one for me that's, that should be in there that isn't is Levi Colwell I think Levi Colwell was considerably better than basically all of our centre backs bar John Stones who I think John Stones is by far and away the best one um, unless you count you know Ben White but he's more of a fullback. Um Around that time, though, I did think Ben White deserved a chance. Because oh, yeah. he was playing really well at centre-back. He was doing well, so... Yeah. I, I, yeah. I thought it was weird that he wasn't given any minutes at the World Cup. Sent home early as well, for whatever reason. I don't know what that was, but... He doesn't really get a chance anymore. Um, I think he's... You know, just some of the players that he takes... Taking Calvin Phillips after playing, like, 50 minutes of Premier League football was a bit ridiculous. It's just, I don't think it's fair on other, other England internationals. Yeah, I've not. literally been playing really well this season and just don't get a chance two weirdest things for me in the last squad was when Mountain and Rashford pulled out and he didn't replace him why not call up a Balogun or something just to and give that, would help, that would help England in the future as well especially yeah. with Balogun who's he's considered a future up in the air he could go to America 
And you think, like, how good a player he could be? Same thing happened with Musiala. We offered him an under-21 Euro tournament and Germany gave him the Euros and he chose Germany. Yeah. And now he looks like he'd be one of our best players. So I think it would be smart just to, you know, just why not just call them up, especially if the two players that you selected aren't there. Why not replace them? There's no value in not replacing them. And he didn't. But like, South, recently, Southgate has made comments such as like, I think it was with Balogun saying... He scored a lot of goals this season. He's on our radar. However, he's not doing it in the Prem, which I think highlights a massive issue with Southgate. Yeah, definitely. You can only do it in the Prem in his eyes. And even if you do it in the Prem, he still don't choose you. Yeah. Tony, Tony's done it in the Prem for about two years. Two seasons as well. Two seasons he's been there. He's been amazing. He deserved to play a bit of football in the World Cup. Yeah, didn't get called up. Didn't get called up. And I know he had his gambling issues and stuff like that. Then that doesn't even relate to it because he's playing now and he's actually yeah, he in got, charge. Got, got called up now. And yeah, he's. So it's even more concrete than it was then, so I don't get the point. Yeah, so around that time you thought, oh, fair enough, maybe, like when that information yeah. came out, but then that point doesn't stand now because he start, he's like played him in the game. Yeah, there's a lot of players from other leagues that don't get a look in either, like tomorrow, like you said. The only one that seems to really is Bellingham. That's the only one. Yeah. It's the only one. I mean, even when Sancho was doing well. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't play a game at the World Cup until we moved to United during the World Cup. Yeah. Oh, the so Euro, the Euro, sorry. And um, yeah, and he started the next game of the Euros after going to United. Um, but other than that, he didn't get a sniff before that. Mm. Um, played a few times in friendlies, but again, he always seemed like he referred Rashford and Sterling. Um, I didn't know what I looked. Hmm? The pin. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'll just leave it recording. I'll just edit it out. Twelve fifty nine. So I'll, I'll give it one more minute. And then what I'll... did that person do? They just staring in. I, they they like, kept coming back. I think they swiped. They, they tapped their card or something. Because it made up the noise. Yeah. Are they gone now? I, I, they came back after. I saw them in the reflection of the TV. Yeah. That was weird. Oh, well. I'm going to wait until it's one o'clock and then I'll do it. Because I don't think it'll work yet. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm also not too bad. It's easier than I people go past now, I'll do it. So now it's basically talking about the game and going into yeah. And then other stuff. the Premier League now that the international break is done thank god I've never ever enjoyed it by the way yeah never, never. I thought it was good never like, ever even when Arsenal were on their horrible run and won like one game in 11 yeah I think I still didn't enjoy the international break to be fair it's been a nice break from not having to watch Liverpool but I also haven't watched the internationals so uh, <laughs> you just chilling out yeah I've just not in, yeah, indulged in football whatsoever fair enough but um so you have a big big game it's also big for me too. Yeah, yeah, actually. I would love Liverpool to win. Yeah, me too. <laughs> they are the biggest rivals we'll have been in the past couple of years. Over the last like four years, yeah, I'd say so. They're our biggest competitors anyway. 
So going into that game, what are you thinking? We're going to lose pretty heavily. Heavily? Yep. Even without Haaland, Alvarez is still good. Um, I think we haven't got... The makings of our team just doesn't make sense with the players that are injured. When you look at the sort of player that has played on the left side of our midfield three, it's been someone who's a bit deeper and is secure both technically and defensively. So the best three that we have here are Thiago, Bajcetic and Keita, and all three are injured because we haven't replaced one out of them. Um, so that means that Henderson's going to have to play there, who mm-hmm. is firstly just not good at football and also isn't good in that position. Fabinho, who is just completely different to what he was a few years ago, his legs have gone. He was never that good on the ball as it was. So then when you lose your legs, he's not really good at anything anymore. He's had a couple of good games recently, to be fair, but then his most recent game, he was really bad. So that's, you know, whatever. And then you have Harvey Elliott, who is a child. He's the same age as me, and he's starting yeah. Liverpool's midfield. Um, and he's not a midfielder. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not a midfielder. He spent all of his career prior to last season on the wing, and we've just shoehorned him at midfield and then put him on the side alongside the most attacking right wing, right back in the world. So the makings of the whole team are just completely off. And then when you put that against Alvarez, De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, Mares, Foden, whoever it is that plays Grealish, I just don't think we're going to be able to do it. I think it worked at the start of the season at Anfield because we played a 4-4-2. Mm. And we had Milner at right back who is right back and is also too old to be playing football. But is at least a more defensively sound player than Trent. Yeah. Um, Gomez had probably his only good game in the last two years. Um, Van Dijk was on it, to be fair. And we had, you know, we had a flat midfield that consisted of Elliot in a more natural position out wide. Um, we had Shotter, who was doing the hard yards, and then we had Firmino and Salah up front. And I just don't think what we have at the minute works as well as that did. Amra at the Etihad, we only narrowly won at Anfield. So I just don't really have much hope, especially when you consider that we haven't won at that stadium in... You know, since the Champions League in what maybe April 2017, mm. nearly six years, and I just don't see it being a win to be honest. Maybe a draw, but oh, even if it's a draw, I definitely take that. Yeah, because I think if, if you draw and then Arsenal win, I think that'll be 10 points clear at the top, obviously, yeah. game in hand, but that don't bother me too much. I'd rather have the points at hand than the game in hand. Especially yeah. with Man City. I just don't feel like Man City have been themselves this year. Saying that, their points tally is still better than what it's been in the last like four years. Really? Yeah. I said at the start of the season, I thought that they had gotten, the squad had gotten worse. Well, yeah, with wingers, like they have a lot less depth. Their wingers are just not what they used to be. Um, it was more, it was, they had more natural wings before. Now they, yeah. they only have Mahrez as a natural wing. Yeah, winger. Grealish is... He's an interior. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, yeah. Into Foden plays there a lot, and he's also interior. Same sort of thing. Cole Palmer's the young and doesn't look. Same thing as well. Yeah, he's, he's he's similar as well. Um, so the only person, that, yeah, you would say as a natural winger is Mares, and he's thirty-one, still playing well, so it's not really a problem. But for how long you can do it, it's a different thing. Mm. And when you consider over the last three three years or so, they've let it go of Sane, Sterling, Jesus, Torres all at once and haven't really replaced them you can see why I think they've gotten worse in that position yeah. and then they've got rid of Zinchenko who is now one of Arsenal one of their one of the best players for the first team in the league 
Yeah. And replace him with Sergi Gomez, who just hasn't played. He's more of a future player, isn't he? Yeah. Not someone that's, you know, and then you consider that Cancelo, who I was never a massive fan of to the same degree that everybody else was. I thought he was horrible defensively. Um, he's been shipped off and Rico Lewis came in to be fair Rico Lewis was good but again he's 18 Walker's declined and I just think the squad all in all declined it got worse mm. because they haven't replaced the right players the midfield is always you know as great as it is it's always been quite thin where you had you know you had Rodri De Bruyne Bernardo Silva and Gundogan and that was kind of about it and it was just always been fit really yeah and then you had like if one of them got injured the hope was that one of the wingers like Foden or Grealish could probably go into midfield but they added Calvin Phillips but he hasn't played so yeah. I think that they've probably not been given adequate rest other than maybe De Bruyne De Bruyne misses quite a lot of games um, but I just don't think that they're as good as they are I think was, Arsenal were looking better than everybody else when we have capitalised on both City and Liverpool yeah. not being as good Liverpool especially but so, so. going into the game mm. the chance of you winning out of one percent to one hundred percent. What would you say is between five to ten? Five to ten. Yeah. Maybe not winning, but getting something out of it then. A draw was there. Twenty. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yeah. I just think when you look at the record, uh, historically at the stadium, and then you put into the consideration that we are the worst we've been in that time. It doesn't leave me thinking that we have much of a hope I mean we have got a few draws there to be fair mm. I think the first you know in in 2017 in the season we made the Champions League final and we beat them three times we beat we lost 5-0 at the Etihad because Mane got sent off yeah the season after that that was the kick on Edison yeah. yeah and then we beat them three times after that and then the season after that at the Etihad we lost 2-1 Leroy Sane scored mm. and then after that we played them when we'd already won the league and we lost 5-0. The players all looked drunk. And then the season where everyone got injured, we drew 1-0. Salah scored a penalty. And then last season, we drew 2-0. So there is a few draws in there. We lost 3-2 in the Cup at the Etihad this season. Uh, but, you know, Cup game, people, not everyone was back from the World Cup yet. Yeah, that's right. The same for them, to be fair, but they had Haaland. Haaland scored a couple of goals. I think De Bruyne played as well. So a lot of them, because a lot of the players came out early. So, historically, there is a couple of draws in there. And, obviously, we did beat the man field this season. So, it's not completely impossible. I just don't think it's very likely. I just talking about Man City. So, I think this season, they've been in a transition period with Harland coming in. It's a very different type of player they've had. Yeah. They used to have more false nine kind of player. And the one thing I say going to Liverpool game is, because Harland isn't player and potentially Phil Foden, it is a weaker side. Al- Alvarez is in there, but he's... If you look at him statistically and stylistically, he's very similar to Haaland, but he's nowhere near as beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's not going to score the chances that Haaland will score. Although Haaland has missed a few recently, he's still still bad. It's like four yeah, goals. He scores double the big chances he missed. So. Yeah, he still scores a lot of goals, and I just think that's the one kind of hope I have yeah. going into that game is that maybe we won't concede. Yeah, maybe you won't concede that. You'll concede one. Probably not. <laughs> I, I, I think going into that game, it might be like a 1-1, 2-2. Yeah, I think you could definitely see us scoring a goal because our attack is... Um, you know, as much as I worry about the rest of the team, I think that our attack is really good. I'm just thinking to Man City as well. I think your attack will show up. 
it does tend to. You know, I think I think Gakpo and Salah will probably play, and they all contributed against United heavily. Um, Diaz is back on the bench. Shaw's on the bench. Firmino's on the bench, and that's six. You know, really, really good attackers, and you'd imagine that they've got score between them. And you just you look at it from their point of view. Gakpo, this he's playing against arguably the, the best team in the world. Yeah. You want you want to prove your point that you're this big player that you can come into Liverpool and make a difference. Yeah, then you also have Diaz that's yeah. going to probably come off the bench. Imagine Diaz coming off the bench running at you. Yeah, I don't think he'll play that much because he's. I think this is his first training session back. Was the most recent one. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got ten minutes from the bench, similar to what like Jesus got back in his first game. Yeah. Um, but you also have Shaw and Firmino anyway, who are both great. And Gakpo scored a couple of goals against United recently because they didn't do that. Salah, Salah's always good. And even uh, I think. I think it wouldn't surprise with Elliot. Yeah, Elliot. Got a goal. I just think the issue with him is that he overthinks. He tries doing a bit too much. But there's games where like he would he would take it past like two players and he tries beating another player, another player. Yeah. But he should just pass it. I think you, you can have a player like him in midfield if you have the right more, protection and yeah, two more him. defensively secure players. So if you had a prime Fabinho and Thiago next to him, we'd probably be okay. And we was for good portions of last season when that was a midfield that we played a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but. With Fabinho the way that he is, Thiago, Bajetic, Case are not fit. I don't know if it's going to work. Especially when yeah. you put them against arguably the best midfield in the world in Rodri, De Bruyne and either Gundogan or Bernardo Silva. I think we'll just lose that battle every time. Have you seen what uh, Pep's done with Bernardo Silva recently? He's been playing in the left-back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually gone all right. In yeah, the game against fine. Arsenal, I think that's when, they, when he first done it, which was actually the first time Guardiola's yeah. ever been that defensive, I think. Yeah. In his career, I think he held. Yeah. I think Arsenal had sixty percent possession against Man City, yeah. which I don't think has happened to a Pep team ever in his career until that happens. I think Liverpool, since Pep and Klopp have opened there, we've we've averaged fifty-one or two percent possession. Mm. So even the team that's been his greatest competition for the last four or five years have nowhere near that. So yeah, fair enough. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll just we'll see what happens. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say. 2-2, two, two, what do you think the score's going to be? What's, what does your heart say and what does your head say? I'm guessing your head says like 3-0 yeah. or something. The head says 3-1-2, I think. 3-1. Heart. 1-0. Darwin Nunes goal. Imagine. That's what I really like. I do like Darwin Nunes. I just think he, he always gets chances, which is the hardest thing for a striker to have. Yeah, I think that's a good sign. Yeah. He's, and I think eventually someone, and recently his finishing has been really good. So that's not been a problem whatsoever. And recently he scored a lot of goals. Scored against Newcastle, two yeah. against United. Scored a really nice goal against Real Madrid. I he's nearly outscored Drogba's, what is it, like I think five out of eight I think seasons. he's four Premier League goals away from getting, I think it's five out of nine of Drogba's best, of Drogba's seasons. Crazy enough. Obviously Drogba's best season was 30 goals. I don't think Nunes is going to get near that, probably ever, to be honest. But nah, I, I can see him getting that. Not, I don't think he can get 30 in the Prem. Really? I think he can hit 20. He can definitely hit 20 in the Prem, I think. With time. We'll see, we'll see. Cause He's only 23. Just imagine with the team around him, if you've got a Jude Ben, I know you won't, you yeah, won't no. get Jude Ben at this point. I He's going so. Madrid, I think. I think so. But if you had the right team around him, then he could. He if, if, if you would put him in, say, Mane's role in the team that won the Champions League and the Premier League in those two seasons, I think, yeah, he would have scored 20 goals. Okay, all right, so let's move on to Arsenal-Leeds. So Arsenal playing at home, but the last time they played Leeds, it was probably Arsenal's one of their worst performances of the season. Yeah. Leeds actually gave Arsenal a pretty good game. Beat Liverpool. But as well. it is literally the sign of champions. I think Arsenal won like 1-0. Yeah. 
Yeah. Clean sheet, away yeah. performance, didn't play good. Arsenal do remind me a lot of the team at Liverpool, the Liverpool team that won the Premier League, so mm. it's a good sign, I think. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, yeah, it is a good sign. But um, going into this game, they've actually got quite a few um, injuries for both teams. Arsenal have Tommy Asu out and then now also Saliba. Yeah. But I don't think it compares to them. They already have, they have a less weaker team, they haven't got as much quality as Arsenal. Yeah. But Tyler Adams, I don't think, is part of the squad. Probably their best Canotto, player. not yeah. part of the squad. Actually, maybe their best player. What's the left back Wobber? Some, I think yeah, that's his name. Yeah, He's yeah. not part of the squad either. Mm-hmm. So you think three main players yeah. in literally like their spine of the team? Is McKenny fit as well? I thought McKenny might be injured. Well, I think he. I think he is available for the game because I haven't heard anything about him. But I've heard about these other three players. Yeah. And it makes you wonder. Like Tyler Adams runs that midfield. Yeah, He's been very good for them this year. He was on linked to Arsenal before as well. Can play CDM and right back. I think he's a decent player. Yeah, um, Gonotto, he's literally been amazing for them up front. Yeah. He's just been that spark that they needed. Because Rodrigo was doing really well at the start of the season. I think he got injured. I think he scored like over 10 goals in the Premier League. Yeah, season. He, he, done, he done bits at the start of the season, yeah. then he just stopped. But I, I think it's because he got injured because his rate was still quite high, if you look at it. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think going into that game, I think Arsenal shouldn't think it's an easy game because no game in the Premier League is easy. Yeah, but they are there for the taking. Like I think if Arsenal, Arsenal need to get keep getting the goal difference up. They've caught up with Man City recently because yeah. I think Arsenal were like thirty two and they were thirty eight, and now Arsenal are like forty so, and they were forty two. Yeah. So Arsenal have caught up quite a bit, and I think that is an injection of Trossard and Jesus coming back into the team now. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like Arsenal. I would love them to smash Leeds. But of course, at the end of the day, three points is what matters. So if it's close, the, it's the only close. players that are missing from the eleven for Arsenal. So you you would have thought, okay, if Saliba gets injured, probably the first solution would be Ben White at centre half, Tommy Asu at right back. If yeah. Tommy Asu is not fit, do you think just holding will play? Yeah, holding will play. He played he played the last game really well. He was probably he was probably better than Gabriel, but Gabriel's always just good. Like yeah, he just doesn't have bad games. He used to make a couple of errors at the start of the season, but that's that's how his game. Though. After, after, after the World Cup, I think. It's yeah, he's been one of the best centre backs in the league this season. Yeah. Like he scores goals. Yeah. Last year he was the highest scoring defender in the league. Yeah. Like he, he does bits. So it's good. Brilliant as well. I love him. If you look at a lot of the teams that have won the Premier League over the last few years, they've always had goals from everyone. Van Dijk. Van Dijk was there. He doesn't score any goals now, does he? Really? He scored a few this season. This season. Yeah, he scored a couple of goals this season. Not as many as he did. Back then, I think he had like seven goals in one of the seasons. Mm. I remember because Martin Skirtle scored seven Premier League goals in the season we almost yeah, won the league. that was outrageous. <laughs> Gabriel was like similar, I think, but was it four last season maybe? Five. Five. Five, five yeah. last year, yeah. So I thought it's good to have goals from everywhere. And it's like him and Saliba both been getting goals. Saliba got a goal on like his debut. A really Baltimore. nice goal, yeah. On his week foot. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy good. finish. And then, yeah, he scored a couple of headers. And then one, one really good thing about Arsenal at the moment is... Shaka before the World Cup was amazing was getting goals and assists mm. and then for a few months he didn't get any goals and assists but I don't think that's really too much down to him I think it was also Eddie Nketiah it being in the team yeah because now that Trossard's coming to the team Shaka's getting goals Same every game Martinelli, actually, I, think. I think Martinelli's benefited a lot from Trossard rather yeah. than Nketiah it's just they're just used to that kind of like that profile player being in there yeah okay he's a lot different and I just feel like Jesus and Trossard being in that team I feel like that's oh, not da- like really dangerous now the only thing which I think people aren't thinking about too much is that Saliba injury 
because Saliba wins a lot high up the pitch and helps us get the ball back quick so we can yeah. just continue our attacks. Holden isn't that player. Holden will sit back. Yeah. He'll back his players. I'll never forget it. Aston Villa a few years ago when Arsenal got smashed like 3-1. And it should have been 4-1. I remember they got disallowed the goal in the first like two minutes and yeah. it shouldn't be disallowed. But I remember looking at that and I was like, I don't know, I don't know. He was just so ropey. And I just worry that he'll do that again. But I'm not going to bash him. I'm not going to say how, how bad he is because I don't think he's that bad. I think he's a yeah. good backup option. So yeah, I think going into that game, I think Arsenal will probably win. A couple of weeks from that though, I think they won 3-0. I think, yeah, I'm going to say the same, actually. I think 2-3-0. I just think if they, if they didn't have those injuries, I think it would be a lot tighter than what it, yeah. what it is going to be. But then if Arsenal had Saliba fit, it probably would be even, even easier. You know I, mean? I think yeah. be full strength for both teams, Arsenal still should win. And especially if Leeds actually come at Arsenal, then, then they'll be in trouble. If they sit back, yeah. they might be all right. Uh, Leeds do tend to. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I don't really see Especially on the back. new manager. Yeah. They've done a lot better. But yeah. So what's your prediction about that? 3-0? 2-0. 2-0? Yeah. All right. But a couple of weeks after that, though, you have uh, Liverpool at Anfield. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that game. Uh, well, it varies. If you, if you go ahead and get something out of the game against Man City... And then we have Chelsea the game after that. We have Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal. And Chelsea, yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal got Chelsea around that point as well. Yeah. Chelsea must have a tough run in. Yeah. Liverpool's is definitely the next three games. Liverpool's is... I wouldn't be surprised if we got zero points from our next three games. I don't know. What are you going to... What, it's Chelsea in the next Chelsea, three? Yeah, it's City. Chelsea, Chelsea playing better now. It's City, Chelsea, Arsenal. Chelsea at the bridge, I don't see us winning. I think we'll draw that game. Because they've been defensively pretty decent. Like, since since like, Gladio Schiele came in, he's mm-hmm. kept, I think he kept clean sheets his first like six games or something. Yeah, and I think he's, he's good. I don't, I, but again, our attack is really good and they do tend to score. But I wouldn't be surprised if we don't win that game. City, I don't think we'll win. And then the Arsenal game, which is the one that I, I don't know. The only thing that gives me hope about that game is that it's Anfield. Yeah. So I think maybe we can get something out of it, but I, I don't, I'm not sure. I just, I don't know, I think Arsenal have gone to Anfield so many times and look crap, but I, I always look at underlying things. So last year, I remember we went there and we just had a better performance. I remember watching it and thinking we actually played pretty well. Yeah. And even at that Etihad last year on New Year's, oh, yeah. I remember Arsenal went there and that played City. Should have won the game, the ref. Sacco had a really nice goal, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember, and then Gabriel got sent off. Yeah. But that never should have happened, really. Like, we should have been up. I remember Odegaard should have got a penalty. Edison yeah. took him out. No penalty, but then... I think that happens a lot for City, you know. City, I think, have very favourable decisions. They do. I mean, but they're literally getting done for corruption at the moment. So, yeah, so it doesn't surprise me. No. I think yeah. they've won a couple of league titles based purely on referee decisions. Mm-hmm. And then there's also that draw last year at Anfield. And I just think... I, I always yeah. think about this stuff because I just think it does help the team later on. And Arsenal have broken a lot of, like things they used to do like bogey teams that would beat us and all these little things we've kind of overturned it this year even beating Liverpool we yeah. never beat Liverpool we beat yeah. them that was the first time in a while really since oh, I don't even know like what 2012 2030 it was a long time ago I don't, I don't remember the last time that we lost to Arsenal it was probably like it was definitely a decade ago I think I think no I think you beat us 2017 I think I remember Ozil we were like 2-0 up at Salah was I think it was Salah's first season I think we went 2-0 up and then you ended up beating us 3-2 we're Are you sure that one, the walking winter wonderland thing, where Arsenal scored three goals in three minutes and you scored? Maybe. You were, you were winning 2-0, yeah. Arsenal scored three goals in three minutes, then you scored again. Oh, maybe it was that actually, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Arsenal have beaten you since like 2013-14. Really? Somewhere before, around then. Before it, that anyway, yeah. 
Because it can't have been 2011, because I remember our Shabin doing that. Yeah. Actually, it could be around, it could be the home game. Either way, it's been a long time. It's been a long time yeah. And they beat you this year. And another record which they didn't do for a long time was beating Spurs at their stadium. They haven't yeah. done that since 2012, I think. I think if you beat us at Anfield in that game, I think that's like a real statement of, yeah, like you'll probably win the league after that. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that too. Because I think when even, you, when, well, if Arsenal you... go to Man City and win, oh yeah, that's then... a big one. That's a really big one because then that takes three points away from them as well. Yeah, but I, I kind of I don't know. That's just because I'm a Liverpool fan. But I see Anfield as like if you go to Anfield and win because of how long we went unbeaten at Anfield. I think mm. if you go to Anfield and win, that's the one where it's like really big. I think because I, I think that's probably the hardest stadium in the league to go away to. Yeah, I think the records probably suggest that as well. I'm gonna say I'm not looking forward to that game. I'm <laughs> training. But, but yeah, so that um, that wraps up the podcast. Mm. So that was a good little first episode of Switch. Nice. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week to do this again. Alright, yeah. All right, see you in a bit. There we go. Done. That was nice. Alright. I'm just careful, I can a bit. <laughs>